0: If you find somebody who earns their IFBB Pro card in their first year of competing, chances are they're doing something right. And if in the early stages of their pro career they start very quickly racking up top five finishes in women's physique and eventually outgrow the women's physique category and transfer over to women's bodybuilding and then win a show there, chances are they're doing more than a few things right. Today, that person is Sherry Priami, who is on the verge of competing in the Rising Phoenix uh, women's bodybuilding show in the uh, Arizona Pro, and also is just a few more weeks out from competing in the Miss Olympia. So we sit down for a pretty wide-ranging conversation here. And I really want to dig in on the big question: what are you doing? What are you doing right? So that I can copy some of it, and so we do a little bit of a lightning round from there. We go over her competitive history, um, balancing that with a professional career as well. Um, talk about her history, how she got started, where she sees this going as well. Very, uh, very wide ranging conversation with a very cool person. So I had a great time chatting with her. Um, certainly, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, do all the things that you would do there. If you're listening to the audio only version of this podcast, uh, by all means. Uh, share it tag me please leave a review whatever you want to do and also you can tag me um, in anything that you share on instagram i'm at darren underscore star you can also check out my website at five starphysique.com for all of the offerings that i have coaching workout programs so without further ado i bring you my conversation now with sherry priami and now coming at you from the five star physique studio in knoxville tennessee this is The Drop Set,
1: with your host, Darren Starr.
0: All right, Sherry Priyami, welcome to The Drop Set. It is great to
1: have you here. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Nice to be here. Yeah. So um, this is uh, this is super cool. So you are how far out now from the Rising Phoenix?
1: Uh, this coming Saturday will be two weeks,
0: two weeks. Okay. All right. I wasn't sure if we were past the two week threshold and is it a sat, it is a Saturday show also
1: today's Friday. So tomorrow is two weeks.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, know, I know. Right. I mean, you're, you're two weeks out. You have an excuse for not knowing what day it is or what time <laughs> right. it is or where you're at in any given moment. I should know. So, uh, um, and, uh, what's on the table for you after that?
1: Then we have five weeks until the Olympia.
0: I was wondering if you were doing both. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. So okay. Um, here's the question that I have. And before we started here, I did a little bit of research because this is one thing that's always bugged me. So this is the Wings of Strength Rising Phoenix, which is yeah. really like, it's the Arizona pro, right? Right. And as I understand it, Wings of Strength is just a promotions company, correct?
1: So the, the story behind... The Wings of Strength show, um, or the Rising Phoenix, is that in 2012, the Olympia got rid of women's bodybuilding, Uh, so we were no longer allowed to compete there. Um, Jake Woods developed Wings of Strength organization and promoted women's bodybuilding um, so that we would still have a platform in order to compete.
0: So that was Jake's creation then? Yes. Okay.
1: So he came up with uh, the Rising Phoenix, and that allowed women's bodybuilding to have a world championship. Um, so that way, you know, we could still be able to, to compete and win top prizes and things like that. So um, it wasn't until, what, and was it 20 that women's bodybuilding, I think, came back to the Olympia?
0: 20 or 21. I can't remember myself. But
1: Yeah, so it's been relatively recent. Yeah. Um, so, you know, whether he continues to do um, the Rising Phoenix, you know, now that we're back at the Olympia, I don't know a long term. But it's it's held, you know, as one of the prestigious shows for our division. It's equally as important as the Olympia to us. Uh, the prizes are more so than the Olympia. I mean, they're they, they're um, pumping some money into that. Yeah, I mean, we get the winner gets fifty thousand at both shows, but we also can earn a, you know, win a car at the right yeah. <laughs> time, and it's not a cheap car. It's always a really nice car. Yeah. Um. You know, and the subsequent prizes are are equally, um. You know, given out. They cover all expenses for us, hair, makeup, tanning, hotel, wow. flights. Um, you know, per diem, more than the Olympia does for us. So um, it's, it's an honor to be able to be selected. Uh, you know, you do have to be invited. You don't just get to show up and do the Rising Phoenix. That
0: was my next uh, question. Year, it's, 20. It, it's not a qualification. You actually have to get an invitation for that.
1: That is correct. But it is a qualification for the Olympia still. Um, so if someone who isn't already qualified for the Olympia wins, then, you know, you get your ticket, but, um, you know,
0: that, that, that is a rough path to qualify for the Olympia. Like, oh yeah, I'm just going to hold out for the Arizona pro. When you've got all these people who have been invited, like that, that's a last ditch effort, I think.
1: (laughs) Right. You know, and I mean, Andrea Shaw is obviously showing up because, you know, she can get paid. So she's doing that show. Um, the chance of getting a qualification for the Olympia. Yeah. It's pretty slim. Um, (laughs) But just to be able to be on stage, you know, with the top bodybuilders, um, you know, currently is an honor. And, it, I, you know, a lot of people say that it, it kind of sets you up to know who's going to place where at the Olympia. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, a lot can happen in five weeks. The yeah. You know, for example, I mean, just because it's on the top of my head, you know, uh, Mayla Ash placed second at Rising Phoenix last year, but she did not place in the top five at the Olympia. So, you just never know how it's going to go. Um, um, you know, I've never done it. I'm excited to do it and just be a part of the whole production and the experience of it. So a warm up show, per se, for the Olympia.
0: Yeah, like a very prestigious warm up show.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It, it is cool. And do you think, I mean, you said, you made the point here, like for you and other women bodybuilders, like it's still held at the same level of the Olympia. And is part of that because it was there when the Olympia ditched you? Right. I mean, it, it, it kind of filled that void and said, hey, you still have a place for us. And so I think there's probably like still some loyalty there oh, as far as how you treat that show.
1: Absolutely. And like I said, I mean, you know, as a competitor, it's a top notch treatment all the way around. Um, so it's just, you know, a really cool show to be a part of.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, the, the whole um, wings of strength, rising phoenix. It's like I, until I dug into it, I'm like, I don't understand the relationship between these different words and what is what. So, right. and the, right. so rising phoenix. So the the Arizona Pro is a show that has multiple categories, but for women's bodybuilding specifically, that is the rising phoenix.
1: Yes, that's the, yeah that category, and the Arizona Pro is an all women's show. So the whole event for the whole weekend is just women only. Okay. Um, But yeah, there's the different divisions in the Arizona Pro. And that is a show, you know, the IFBB promotes and and that's part of their organization. You know, Wings of Strength is a promoter for a lot of shows, but I don't necessarily know how that correlates, you know, with the Arizona.
0: That, that was the thing that I was really kind of wondering, because it's like, okay, I, I was trying to wrap my head around this. I'm like, Wings of Strength, okay, is that like a different organization? Uh, but they appear to be affiliated with the IFBB, but they are just a promotions company. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like a, a Gary Udit or a Tim Gardner show. It's just they don't put their names in the show and Wings of Strength does is for promotional purposes.
1: Yes. And I know that they partner a lot, you know, with Tim Gardner and you know, some of the other promoters. And if it is a double promotion. You know, you get all the wings of strength gear and stuff when you register. Um, yeah. But I don't really know a lot about the promotion side of the shows and how that all works out. I mean, I do well, know. Sherry, the-
0: I expect you to be, a, I expect you to be the, an expert on everything here. So come on, step it up, please.
1: i trying to learn. I'm trying to learn. I'm still a baby in all this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, speaking of, um, speaking of being a baby, um, I want to uh, play a little bit of this is your life here. So don't worry. I don't have any baby pictures of you, um, at least <laughs> n- not in that sense, but I do want to do a screen share here and show you something. So. So um, let's do this, and I think this should work. So let me know if you can see that. Yeah. <laughs> so I I have a question for you here, and the question is, what the fuck happened here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> the girl on the right, ate the girl on the left, right? That's
0: what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. So for, for those of you not watching on YouTube, but just listening to the audio version, I have a side by side here of Sherry at teen collegiate masters nationals. And I think this was 2018, correct? That is correct. When you yeah. run your pro card and then at the Van Island showdown, the pro show this last year, was that in May, June? When was that? Was that? In April. April. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, do you recall, like, what, what's the difference in stage weight that we're looking at here?
1: Oh, geez. Um, I think probably, probably about 20 pounds.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's, it, cause 20 pounds, but also like significantly leaner as well.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, uh, the first question I have is, um,
1: crazy to look
0: back on that. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, so I'm going to say here, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that was a productive five years. Yes.
1: I've been <laughs> working hard consistently.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so you, you got your pro card in 2018 in women's physique, and then kind of talk us through, um, how your pro career started out. Um, cause you, you competed in women's physique for a while. Um, how was that experience?
1: Um, well, my, my pro debut year was not very successful. Um, <laughs> and would that have been
0: 2019? Did you jump right into it or did you take some time I, off?
1: I, I'm trying to think. Yes, I, that was 2019. Um, Pre COVID. The first show that I did was um, Tim's show down in Fort Lauderdale, Atlantic Coast, mm-hmm. what I think it's called. And I didn't place, came in bottom. Um, my conditioning was not very good. My upper body was conditioned. My lower body wasn't, um, I think the winner of that show was Sarah, Miss Olympia. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I just, I I probably wasn't ready to go and do a pro show just yet, but, um, I just, I wanted to, you know, so my coach got me where he thought I needed to be. And the reason I wasn't as conditioned that was the year that that all the talk and the buzz was that women's physique was supposed to come in softer. We weren't supposed to be hard. We weren't supposed to have straighted glutes. We weren't supposed to be, you know, ripped. You know, if you looked at all like the the names and uh, descriptions of how women's uh, physique was supposed to be, that was not it. Mm-hmm. I tend to get pretty conditioned. So my coach, I think um, held, held me back a little bit. He, he was trying to bring me with a softer look. And it just did not show well on stage.
0: That's the thing. If you're, if you're trying to come in like 5% softer, it's hard for that not to turn into 10 or 15% softer. Like if you're just going to come in, like I'm going to come in as hard as nails as I possibly can, like, okay, that's pretty easy to hit. Well, I mean, it's not easy, but it's not a moving target at that point. It's a little, it's a little more defined.
1: Right. So um, I was pretty upset about, you know, my first showing because I wasn't as good as I was even at my, you know, when I won my pro card. So I told my coach, I said, this is not to happen again, ever. <laughs> like I, I, <laughs> I will show up and be marked off for being over conditioned before I'll get marked off for having soggy glutes again. Like that will not happen again.
0: If so, you're going to err, err on that side.
1: Right. You know, I'd rather be like, ah, she didn't play as well. She was, she was too hard, you know, darn, uh, better than, you know, she's out of shape. So we did, um, the next show I did was a smaller show in Boca I think it was called the Crystal Cup and I placed a little bit better. Um, I think I got like 11th in the open and fourth in masters and I was and I liked my look better, but I wasn't satisfied. Um, and I wanted to do in my mind you know a real pro show like the Tampa Pro.
0: A big one. Yeah. yeah one know. question on those first two, do you feel like, um, like that first show, was that really just like, Oh, I didn't bring the conditioning that I should have. Or was it also like I needed more time and I was kind of overmatched because I came into this maybe too soon and I should have taken more time to grow first.
1: I knew that I wasn't going to place, you know, top five, top five. I knew I needed to be a little bit bigger. Um, but I, I didn't expect to not place <laughs> at no. all. <laughs> so, um, you know, and again, I won my pro card my first year competing. So I didn't have a lot of experience. Really? Yeah.
0: Oh, you're one of those. We hate gonna... you. We hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody now just hit the dislike button on this video. Yeah. Everybody hates sharing.
1: <laughs> so, you know, I don't want to say it came easy, but it came quick. It came quick. And um, I didn't really know what I was up against. You know, when I first started competing, you know, I kept looking at the pros on IG and stuff, and comparing myself. And my coach would say, "Don't look at those. That that's you know, that's the pros. You know, you you know, you're not going to look like that." And I thought in my head, "Well, who who am I trying to look like? Like, of course I'm going to look at the pros. Like, that's what I want to look like. I'm going to keep that in my brain. I'm not going to look at some other NPC chick and try to you know." Based my criteria or my standards. There's a difference
0: between being pissed that you're not there now and just being like, that's the target. That's what I'm aiming for and keeping that image burned in your brain.
1: Exactly. So for example, one of my, um, one of the girls that I, I really looked up to or liked her physique was, um, Danny de Castillo. I think mm-hmm. That's how you say her last name. She's from Brazil. I just loved how she looked. She was complete. She was feminine. I love the way she presented herself. So, you know, that I was watching her, you know, watching, um, you know, the, the shows that she did and kind of striving to have that look. And I knew that I wasn't there yet. I knew that I needed to grow, but you know, you need something to work towards. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, back to the Tampa pro show, I told my coach, like, you know, I just want the experience. Like, I want to say that I did, a pro show like a real pro show and he told me i wasn't ready he like you're not ready for the tampa pro stage you're not going to do well you're not you know and i'm really i'm a little bit older so i've lived my life knowing that experiences matter i don't get so caught up in the placing or you know I mean, I, I do. I, I, you know, now I play. I play to win. But,
0: <laughs> it's not. It's not unimportant, but it's but not it's, the yeah, only. Yeah, but
1: it's not. It's not like. all well, if I can't be top five, I'm not doing that show. To me, it was an experience. I want to say I got on the Tampa first stage. I want to be up there with the best of the best. I want to see, you know, all these people that you know i been looking up to. And I told my I said I could throw my back out next year and never compete again. I could, you know, anything could happen to us. Yeah. And it, you know, this could be my only opportunity. So he's like, fine, you know, we'll do it. Um, That year there was 43 women's physique competitors in that show. It was the largest ever. And um, I ended up placing ninth. Holy crap. For me at the time, I was ecstatic. You know, I I placed inside the top 10 of 43 girls. I finally got my conditioning down. When I look back at the pictures, I was small. You know, I, I definitely needed more development, but I was conditioned. So that got me in the top 10. I was able to do my nighttime routine that I had worked so hard on. So for me to end my pro debut season, like I was completely happy with that. That
0: That, That's a big progression from a did not place at a relatively small show to ninth at Tampa. Yeah. Like that's a good year. (laughs) Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. And you take your lumps and you just kind of regroup and say, okay, yeah. And like you said- that will not happen again. Okay. And right. you kind of, you don't get beat down by it, but you use no. that as like, that's what to avoid. Okay, cool. Exactly.
1: exactly. You, you learn your lesson and you move on. Um, you know, and again, I didn't get into, I really like bodybuilding. I really like training. I like lifting. I didn't get into this so I can compete, you know? Um, so I, you know, I just said, you know, back to the drawing board, you know, back to work. It, it wasn't like a big deal for me. Um, and I knew that I had to you know, work my way up in, in, in the ranks and everything. So I was fine with getting back to work. And then we did um, Tampa the next year and I ended up placing third in the open and first in masters. So I was super excited about that. I was,
0: that's a big step up from ninth to third. Yeah. I mean, That's,
1: that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And Ivy won that show that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeannie Feltman was second and I was standing neck to neck with two Olympians who had already gonna, been to the Olympia. So. If you're going
0: to be third, that's a good two to be behind.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> so I bad. was happy about that season as well. And <laughs> that was a year of COVID. So I yeah. was also just um, real proud of myself for even making it all happen. I ended up doing five shows that year, which <laughs> I will never do again. <laughs> Uh, that you know we kept coming in in the top five at all my shows so the points were racking up when they had the point system Mm -hmm. and we um we unfortunately i missed getting to the olympia on points by one point um but you know now that i look back on it you get so caught up in it but i'm so glad i didn't get to go because you're not really the best of the best when you're third, fourth, second, at five shows in order to accumulate all these points. To make well, yeah. It. And also
0: like getting on points, it's, it's almost kind of like, you know, in the legal system, getting off on a technicality, it's like, well, I'm in, but you didn't win a show to really, you know, earn the spot right. there. Yeah. I right. mean, it still, it still counts right. if you're there, but also to go from, yeah, I mean,
1: I still probably, I mean, I would have went, you know, sure. it, but <laughs> you know, it's always, you know, reflection on, you know, when you get past that, I, you know, God's timing for things I believe happen the way they're supposed to happen. And, um, I ended up taking 2021 off completely and just grew. I knew that I needed some time and I knew that, you know, a six month off season just wasn't going to cut it. So, um, we, we worked really hard and I went to come back to do WPD again in 2022 and I was scheduled to do Chicago pro for my first show. And my coach said to me like two weeks prior to that, or maybe a month, it was a month before the the Chicago pro. He's like, you know, you've really put on a lot of size. I didn't expect you to gain this much. He said, I'm looking at your physique and I'm thinking about things. He's like, How do you feel about switching to women's bodybuilding? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, like I was a small WPD girl, right? I mean, I took the whole year off so that I could get bigger for WPD, and now you're telling me I need to go to women's bodybuilding. You know, I just wasn't really feeling that.
0: Do um, do you think in retrospect that he was correct and you were just not seeing yourself fairly at the time? Well,
1: I mean, the way that it played out, I do know he was correct. Um prior to that though I had you know some judges in my ear about it that had I had met at some posing clinics that were saying, you know, you really should consider, you know, one of them is bodybuilding, you know, with your structure and your frame, you know, you, you need to bring your legs up more. Maybe if you just stop training your upper body and work on your legs and you know and I'm like I just blew that off because I'm like, that's all nonsense. I'm not doing that. I'm not training my upper body. <laughs> so um, when he mentioned it, I was like, really, you know? And he said he had talked to a couple judges. He had sent my pictures to them and said, you know, where do you think she fits? And they both agreed that um, if I'm really looking for an Olympia qualification, I should probably go to women's bodybuilding. So I, I you know, I trusted him. And he said, you know, the Atlanta show is like a couple weeks prior to Chicago, why don't we give it a try? If it doesn't work out, we can always still stay in WPD for Chicago. So I was willing to, to give it a go. It was a little stressful. You know, I had to learn bodybuilding poses and a new routine and everything like in two weeks.
0: They're very different from the physique poses.
1: It is, it is. And I didn't do so well with my posing. Um, I ended up placing second in women's bodybuilding in Atlanta. And that was to Angela Yo, who's second in the world now mm-hmm. um, no I got that this mixed up I placed second to Michaela at okay sorry at Atlanta. so I thought to myself well damn if I can get second to Michaela maybe I am in the right place you know right it was great and um, I decided that you know let's just keep rolling with this you know um, second is the best I've ever placed period so why don't we just try it in Chicago and see how it goes? And we did in Chicago and I placed second again, that time to Angelo. Um, and so I'm like, okay, this is, I guess this is where I belong. You know, this is working for me.
0: Good call coach.
1: <laughs> yeah. And then we did Tampa after that, thinking that I was going to win, you know, coming off of two second places. And unfortunately um, I placed third at that show. He ended up bringing me in a little fuller, trying to make me have more size and, you know, with that fullness, you lose some conditioning. So I don't think I placed as well because of that. And uh, Chelsea Dion ended up winning that show.
0: That's so like, again, uh, I whole... think about the first time where uh, going from one show to the next, your placing actually dropped. I think
1: yeah.
0: other yeah. than that, it's, it's always been like steady climb up, up, right. up, up,
1: up. And it's how it should be. Right. I mean, for yeah. the most part. Um, so, you know, I was on the fence, we were riding on that point system thing again, and I was, um, Fourth in points, so I I needed to do another show to try to get you know to that third spot. But my daughter was moving out that summer, and I really wanted to spend some time with her, so I shut it down and just said, you know, that's more important to me than trying to push you know for another show. So I I didn't do that, and um, I I made the conscious decision as soon as we got back to you know planning for the next season that I was so close at all three of those shows that i was going to jump in the very first show of 2023 so i took from august until april uh to prepare for that and you know there was a, some strategy behind that i knew that the show that i was choosing that you know uh, vancouver island showdown the year prior there was only one woman's bodybuilder in it so, Eva. yeah so i'm yeah. thinking to myself i knew there probably be more but i didn't think it'd be a big show and I knew that the Olympians were not going to be competing, you know, they had just finished the Olympia in December, so they weren't going to be ready for an April show. And it's not, I'm, you know, some people are like, Oh, well, don't you think you took the easy route? I'm like trying to get to the Olympia. I don't think there's an easy route. I think, <laughs> I think you need to strategize, you know, yeah, um, waiting until the very last show of the season when everybody else is in it. Like that's not too smart.
0: No. So, like wait, waiting for Arizona to get your right. qualification there. Should I do that? I mean, right.
1: <laughs> and so I knew even if I won that show in you know in April that I wasn't going to be ready for the Olympia, but I had that time to prepare that. So, um, it paid off. I mean,
0: it, it did so that that, I mean, I, I assume you're in Florida, just based on your, your show, uh, yeah. selection for all this stuff. So that's right. about as far away from home as you can get and still stay <laughs> in the Western
1: hemisphere. <laughs> it was, it was, yes. I had not ever traveled that far for a show, um, uh, it was all kind of flight delays and, you know, ridiculousness, trying to get there and get home, but it was worth it. It, it was absolutely the best show I've ever done. The promoters, um, Andrew and Corey really are just like top notch promoters. They treat the athletes so well. They, uh, you know, almost like you felt like a celebrity there. It was, yeah. um, so just the whole experience, the, the area is beautiful. The people there are so friendly. I got to go whale watching when I was there. Um, it was just overall, I couldn't have asked for a better show.
0: So that's cool. cool worth
1: going. And if there's an opportunity to travel and do that again, I, I would.
0: Yeah. And so that was one of my questions as far as why pick that show? Because, and it, it makes sense. Like earlier in the calendar year, you know, if you're looking to play the point system or just having as many opportunities as you can to hit shows in a fairly concentrated window to get that qualification, it makes sense to start early. And if you weren't right. doing the Olympia the year before, you know, you're fresh, you're ready for a prep. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just good strategy right there
1: yeah so like i said it it for once it paid off
0: <laughs> yeah well and i know like last year you know you said there was one competitor that was Eva montgomery and she she won that show being the only competitor in it and it's like she had some competition up there because there yeah. could have been eight to ten up there and she still probably would have won it depending on who they were like it's not like that was oh you know okay she won by default she did but like she brought a pro level package as well yeah. and like looking at the photos here like this is a pro level package. You had some competition, uh, but I mean, quite
1: had a few girls and um, Julia, I think her last name is pronounced mm Weitzel. She was, you know, in second, who I was sort of one head to head with and she ended up with an OBA qualification this year as well. So um, I, you know, I felt good about winning that show and the competitors that were there. I think there was eight of us. Um, So yeah, it wasn't like I just won it by default or anything like that.
0: I, uh, I have a, a question here that just came up. Did anyone approach you about doing that show or was that just your idea? You and your coach,
1: I was going to do the first show no matter where it was or who was promoting it. That
0: okay. Was- I, I'm just curious if it went from just one competitor last year and then there were eight this year, I'm wondering if the promoters like might've reached out to some people and said, Hey, you should do this and kind of talk up their show or if that's something that happens.
1: Yeah. No, no, no one reached out to me or anything. Um, okay. We're not trying to push,
0: not trying to push conspiracy theories here or anything.
1: I don't know if maybe some of the other girls were like, only one chick did this show last year. So I think that's
0: probably part of it. Yeah. Like, Hey, some low hanging fruit here. Let's get it.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Well now, and that was the first year I think they had women's bodybuilding. So maybe just people weren't familiar with the show. I mean, I, I didn't really know about it until I saw that Eva had won it and I'm like, Oh, okay. I'd never heard of it
0: until last year. So, right. right.
1: Yeah. I think it was the first year having it.
0: So between let's see what the Tampa was the final show of the previous
1: year. Do I have that correct? Um, of
0: 2022.
1: Yes. Tampa was the last show in
0: 2022. Okay. 21 was the year you took off and then spend a lot of time growing, grew into women's bodybuilding. Did those three shows Tampa after Tampa and your third place finish. Um, what was the agenda? Like if you break down those and if I really had my act together, I'd have these photos up that we can take a look at, but I'll put them in in post-production so people can see you at Tampa. Uh, So if you have those seared into your brain, what was the agenda for after that show going into this year?
1: Just to put overall size on, um, to be fed more. That was another thing my coach had always um, sort of, I think my structure's, even though I was small, like my bones are bigger, I'm a little bit bigger. And so for women, for women's physique. And so I think he kind of held the food back and didn't feed me as much as he could have, you know, when I was trying to be in WPD. So we agreed that he was really going to push the food and um, my training never really changed. I mean, I've always trained whole body and trained hard. And, um, but the judges, their feedback was just, you know, she needs about 10 more pounds, 15 more pounds of stage weight for women's bodybuilding. Really do well, so that was the agenda get as big as I could. You're like, okay, no problem. (laughs) Yeah, so we did end up with about eight pounds up, um, from the previous year, and uh, you know, I think I mean, I think it was a good stage look. Um, I wasn't as conditioned as I had hoped to be for Vancouver, I wasn't really happy with how I looked on a personal level. Um, I didn't feel like it was my best, but my coach was trying to, you know, keep me on the, a a little bit fuller and on the, you know, larger size. Um,
0: it's kind of a funny phenomenon how you can win a show and not really be super thrilled with your look.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't, I, that, that prep for me was really mentally exhausting. Um, what about it? (sighs) Well, there was just some things in my protocol that weren't working well for me, um, giving me a lot of anxiety, giving me Mm. a lot of stress. Um, I didn't feel like I was going to be ready. I had a lot of pressure on me. You know, people kept saying that I was going to win this show and that I was like, you know, the favorite to win.
0: Stop saying that. Stop. No,
1: Yeah, you know, so that it was just a lot of pressure. And when I, you know, when you're four weeks out and people are saying you're going to win and you're looking at yourself and you're like. I'm not, I'm not ready Four weeks out. I should look better than this. I should be more conditioned than this. I should, I was just in my head way more than I should have been or more than I ever have been. Um, Because this show, you know, all, when I say, you know, I'm doing it for experience. I feel like the other shows were like that for me or I, or I never really thought that I was going to win just yet. So that pressure wasn't there. This was the first time that I really thought I had a chance. And I didn't want to blow it. And, it was, and I pressure. felt, I just felt like it was slipping away. I felt like my coach and I were not, um, thinking the way we used to, um, the communication was broken down. I just overall wasn't happy. I wasn't, I, I just wasn't feeling it.
0: <laughs> so here's a lesson to everybody out there. Even successful pros can be head cases at times.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> So, you know, I tried to focus on what I could control. Another critique from the year prior was that I needed to work on my posing. Like I said, I I didn't really have a lot of time to prep myself for women's uh, women's bodybuilding poses. So, like, my back lats spread. I I couldn't open my lats very well. Um, I just wasn't quite comfortable enough yet in those poses for that season. So I diligently worked posing coaches and made sure that this time around my posing was spot on. And, um, and I think that helped. I think that when I look back on it and I compare myself with the other girls, you know, I think my, my posing was really good. And I think that helped with the win.
0: Yeah. I think, I mean, the presentation that I'm looking at here from, from Vancouver is like, it, it's pretty stellar. Like, I mean, clearly like, it's hard also if you put a lot of muscle on your frame to then just kind of instinctively know how you're supposed to show it at the same time. Like, it's like, okay, I've added, you know, (laughs) I had an ex-girlfriend who always just described it as being like, you know, you're just putting more Play-Doh on your frame. Now it's like, what do I do with this Play-Doh? It's like, I got it. I don't know how to manipulate it quite yet.
1: Yeah. It takes a little while to figure that out, you know? And then as you get leaner, things change and look different. And so it's constantly a wheels in motion, you know, little tweaks, little, you know, things that you have to be paying attention to, you know, to bring out your best.
0: Well, and you mentioned like at four weeks out, like not feeling it. And I think it's, it's also like, you can really get in your own head with that stuff because somebody else might see you in the gym at four weeks out, like hitting a pose between sets and be like, Holy crap, what a freak. And you're looking at yourself and you're like, I'm flat. I'm just so flat.
1: (laughs) You don't know what you're talking about. Don't yeah. talk to me. <laughs> there, there,
0: there's a big difference in how it looks versus yeah. how it feels.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I, I also, I'm terrible at like being on IG and comparing myself. I am really trying to get better with that and not going down that rabbit hole.
0: <laughs> guilty, guilty.
1: You know, and I'm looking at other girls and I'm like, you know, she's ready. She looks peeled. She looks, why do I not look ready? You know, I have saying to my coach, like, I want to be ready early. I want to to know that I want that confidence and it just wasn't happening. Like, I, like I said, I, I, the communication just wasn't.
0: What, one, one thing that I've, I've learned. And I mean, you've probably learned this in talking with other competitors as well is that whoever you're comparing yourself to whatever they're presenting, they probably feel the same way. Like they're not ready, but look at Sherry. What, how does she look like that?
1: Right. Right. You know, or yeah, you, and you hyper-focus on their body parts that you don't have and completely overlook the good stuff you have that they don't, you know, I mean, it's, it's a total head case thing.
0: Yeah. So,
1: um, I have gotten a lot better with, you know, when I get close to a show, I don't scroll IG anymore. I'm not digging to see what my competitors are doing or what they look like because yeah, it television. really makes no difference. It, it, you just have to focus on you. It's so cliche to say, but stay in your lane and bring the best you that you can bring, because that's all that matters. Um, So I'm getting better.
0: I think, I think when it comes to that, I mean, it's not a competition, but I think I've got everybody beat. Like I am so bad at that comparison game. I literally, aside from some of my clients, I don't follow any guys on Instagram because if they show up in my feed, it's just that initial reaction where it's like, Oh shit. Oh no. Oh, here we go again. Oh God. And it's just like, I, I so I've learned rather than be like, I should improve my thought process. on this, I'm like, no, just aversion therapy. Just stay away. I'm just right. not going to do it.
1: Right. And that's, and that's pretty much what I have done. I just, you know, I'll maybe make some posts and put some stuff out there from my page but then I'm off. Like, I'm not trying to look through it. I that's,
0: that's such a, a useful skill to learn how to do. It really is.
1: And there was so many times that I was sweating these girls and, and, and thinking that, you know, I wasn't going to do as well and da, da da da. And I get to the show and like, they don't look the way that they looked on IG at all, you know? Um, I was like that when I switched to bodybuilding. I thought, "Oh my god, I'm not big enough to be a women's bodybuilder. I'm not going to be able to like hang with these girls." And I got to the check-ins, and I'm like, "Oh, they're not as good. <laughs> they looked on, you know, on IG." Yeah,
0: never mind. Hey,
1: <laughs> yeah, like maybe I'll be okay. And you know, and a lot of girls that I was worried about didn't place higher than me. So I have learned that that does you absolutely no good.
0: Hundred percent, hundred percent.
1: Right, it just raises your cortisol levels and causes you stress. And, and makes it harder to lean out further. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah. So um this has actually been the best prep I've ever had. That's I awesome. uh, that bodes well. Yeah. Yeah. Um I, maybe because that pressure's off, but I have a new coach this year. And who, who are you working with? Um Stefan Kinsel, <laughs> He's out of Austria. Um he just coached uh Nathan Asha to um in what was it in Italy. Um he's um uh, Miracle Bears coach, um Houston Classic Ernst. Um, so yeah, he was recommended to me and we started working together right after um the Vancouver show. And it's been a really productive off season with him. He's really focused on training and making sure that you know form is correct and um he he doesn't believe in a lot of volume. It's more, um, you know, my last coach was, was lots of reps, lots of volume. Uh, this is.
0: Which, I mean, clearly work to grow. Um, the concern that I have about that is you kind of tank yourself during prep if you're doing too much volume.
1: Yeah. I was having a lot of joint issues. I was having, um, you know, just a little bit more exhaustion feeling. I wasn't getting as many rest days as I get now, um, the, you know, and, and now I look back on it. I mean, the intensity of my training just wasn't as intense as it is now. I mean, if you go in now and you do your, you know, a few good warm up sets, and then he's got me doing, you know, very high intensity, you know, eight to 10 reps uh, for one set. And then my second set is a little lighter, but you know, 12 to 15 reps, and then that's it. We're done. We move on. Um, Two good, hardworking sets. Exactly. Exactly. And I just i have been responding really well to that and and so my stress you know he has me i am more conditioned at this juncture than i ever have been in any of my other shows so that confidence that i have you know it's there now i'm not stressed about am i going to be ready i'm not worried about am i going to you know my glute's going to be in like it's there um So, I've just, like I said, it's just been a really good prep. My mental state has been a lot calmer than it ever has been. My stress is really low. I'm getting adequate rest. Um, So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see what I look like on stage this year.
0: That's awesome. And I got to say, as a coach, like everything that you're saying there makes you a coach's dream because I mean, clearly hard worker, good genetics, all of that. But also it's like, you get to a point where you're like, I'm a pro, I've done all these pro shows I've done really well. And then a new coach comes along and is like, I want to do things very differently. And I think the default response of a lot of people is like, well, this is what I've done before. And it's, it's gotten me this far. So, eh." and you're like, okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's try.
1: I was, I was ready for a change. I was ready for a new strategy, just a new way of doing things. I've been with my previous coach for, um, for, ever since the beginning, so five years. And you know, I just think it had kind of run its course.
0: Um, and 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 I mean, I, I would like to know like, who is that? Because he did some great work and deserves a shout out.
1: Oh, absolutely. And we had, a we had, he's a great coach and we had a great working relationship. Um, his name is Derek Natcher with um, Loud Performance Training. Mm-hmm and he's a great coach. He, he cares about his athletes. He cares about, um, you know, he was trying to, to do everything he could to make sure that I stayed, you know, healthy and kept my femininity. You knew that was very important for me. Um, I just think my expectations kind of outgrew maybe his coaching for me.
0: And and sometimes just getting that different perspective is, is useful. I've had clients that I've worked with for years and, they're like, Hey, you know, you're awesome. Thank you. I just want to, you know, I want to, you know, get in a different pool for a little bit. Cool. Yeah. And I think a a good coach knows not to take
1: that personally. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he, he agreed, you know, he, he, he felt like it was time to part ways as, as well. I, you know, I, I, I really expressed my, um, unhappiness with the Vancouver look and how things went and, you know, I like I said, I'm not really sure what happened. I'm not really sure where the communication breakdown was between us. Um, and I, I, you know, it really just doesn't do me any good to like. like I mean, it's
0: kind of like it, it. it's kind of like in marriages. You know, people can just drift apart. I mean, yeah. and, and having a coach is is kind of like a marriage in a way.
1: Yeah, and you know, and sometimes you just need a a, a freshness, a, a new a new look on things, a new you know um, perspective. And my my new coach is really he's doing that for me. He's giving me that, that that fire that I kind of needed to get back again. Yeah.
0: And if you're shaking some things up and you feel super confident at this stage in prep, I would say, uh, yeah, it was time to make a change. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, okay. I I have, uh, a a diet question for you and then I want to hit some rapid fire stuff based on a theme. So, um, (laughs) On the dietary side of things, huh? um, are you one who you know what your numbers and your calories are? Or it's like, coach said, eat this, so I just eat that, and I don't think about it.
1: I'm a little bit of both. I mean, i if somebody says, how many calories are you eating right now? I know. Or if they ask me my macros, I know. What um, are your macros? Yeah. but <laughs> well, right now, I know my calories, because he does more <laughs> you know, calories. I used to be more macro-based. So right now, this week, my off days, I'm at about 1,600 and my training days, I'm around 18. Uh, okay. He just lowered it quite a bit. Um, off season with him, my training days I was up to about 3,300, and my off days I was like around 28. Um, Nothing so crazy or wild or, or extreme about that. No, no, no. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I follow the plan. You know, I'm not one of those. Oh, he said. 25 grams of carbs from cream of rice, but I'm going to go ahead and substitute that with this half a bagel or, you know, I don't. (laughs) Two thirds of a pop tart. Yeah. You know, if he says it's cream of rice, I eat the cream of rice. You know what I mean? So you write some meal Um, plan, you follow the plan. You're not doing macro
0: substitutions.
1: Correct. Right. I mean, not during prep, at least, you know, I, I will, you know, a little bit more in the off season, be, um, more flexible with things but yeah, no, in prep, I fall everything to a T.
0: Cool. One um, what, what other, so switching gears a little bit, I wanna talk about a little bit of gym stuff here. Um, for your training sessions, do you train by yourself with a partner? What are you
1: doing? I train with my boyfriend. Um, I used to train by myself when I first started. We've been together for about three and a half years. Um, one of those years, it was a long distance relationship. So I have the last two years I have trained every day with him, which has helped me tremendously.
0: Does Uh, he kind of like know how to push your buttons and get a little bit more out of you when you need to?
1: He does. And he's, you know, and he also helped me a lot with my technique and my form. My last coach wasn't as um, detailed about that. Never really wanted to see training videos and things like my current coach. So I was doing some things that weren't proper. Um, my boyfriend was roommates with Joel Thomas. He's an IFBB pro, Open men's open, and they lived together for like five years. So Joel taught him a lot. Nice. So then he, had, you know, in turn has been helping me with form and things like that. But, you know, pushing me through those, you know, last few reps that maybe I wouldn't have pushed myself through, um, you know, you know, giving me a spot and helping, you know, uh, in that way that I wouldn't have normally been able to do on my own.
0: I find a good training partner can kind of help you figure out like the reality of your own personal reps in reserve scale. Like you might think like, oh, I've got one rep in reserve and they can help you figure out like actually you had four or five.
1: Right. Right.
0: Hugely valuable. If you can find a good training partner like that, that isn't a chatterbox and waste a bunch of time. That's what I have not been able to find in my life. (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, he doesn't. He, actually, I'm probably worse about wanting to chat and catch up, you know, on our day and talk about things. And he's like, "We're training. We're, we're not talking about things right now." You know? Perfect. So um, he's definitely been really good for me in that regard. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And if I have we... a full time job and kids, so so I try to, you know, we need. I need to get in and get out you know? So it, he keeps me on task.
0: That was another thing. I mean, I saw on your, uh, on your Instagram, you're a, a full-time dental hygienist as well. So That's correct. you are not one of these people who is an Olympian and oh yeah, I work in a gym by the way. So, you know, I'm just there all the time anyway.
1: Right. Unfortunately,
0: not to take anything away from those people, but I feel like that is a slightly lower degree of difficulty if you work in a gym.
1: Yes. Yes. And it allows you, you know, I mean, I know a couple of the girls that are doing the Olympia and doing the rising Phoenix, you know, I heard them say that, you know, they've taken off the, the, the whole month before the show and they're going to just, you know, and I'm like, yeah, must be nice. Must be nice. I don't man. know about that life. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would definitely make it easier if you worked in a gym and you could train at a normal time and, you know, you didn't have to do it after working all day. I know, you know, I don't want to really, like think about it too much because it makes me sad but i know that i would be a better bodybuilder if i didn't have a job you know because i could train at two in the afternoon not six and seven o'clock at night after i worked all day
0: fighting you know, crowds
1: yeah you know the energy level just isn't the same yeah you know even on the weekend when i can get a little bit more sleep i go into the gym and I it's always better than after work you
0: know well talk about getting a month off like I didn't compete this year or last year but I competed in 2021 which is the last time and I'm just in a not a permanent off season but an extended off season because I do need to grow a little bit but even on show day like I'm still answering texts from clients like people getting a month off I'm like I would love a day off <laughs> that would be right. that would be a dream
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: <laughs> um, if so, we look know. if we look back at uh this here real quick um, that come up for you again?
1: Yeah. Before.
0: Yeah. So, uh, this, uh, this Sherry on the left here, you said that was your first year competing.
1: It was. And again, it was, it's the same coach that I've always had. And the funny thing is, is I desperately wanted to be a figure competitor. I thought <laughs> that that's, you know, I, I didn't understand that sometimes you have to compete in the division that your body shape is
0: yeah um, oh that ship has sailed Cherry.
1: so well the funny thing is when i first went in to meet with him i told him i wanted to do bikini and he, he looked at me and he's like yeah. he's like you can't do bikini your shoulders are already entirely too big for bikini i am like, oh i thought you had to start at the bottom and work your way up and he's like no you know he said but if you want to do figure we'll try figure so as i leaned out he was telling me that I needed to do women's physique. And I'm going, no, I don't have enough muscle for that. I can't do women's physique. And um, I insisted every show I did that year, I did both. I did figure and I crossed over and did women's physique. (laughs) And uh, obviously my, you know, at nationals, I got fifth in figure and I got first in women's physique so
0: there's your decision right there my
1: answer right that's
0: funny so special request at some point maybe after the rising phoenix i'll give you a little bit of leeway on this um i think you should do a social media post where you put on some heels and hit figure poses and some bikini poses just as kind of like a pseudo what if kind of thing (laughs) uh that would be hilarious
1: yeah the funny thing is when i was starting this whole journey i was showing my son pictures of you know like what i want to look like and some women's bodybuilding pictures came up and I was like, I'll never look like that. I'll never have that much muscle. I'll never do bodybuilding. <laughs> and yet. And <laughs> here I am going to the Olympia and women's bodybuilding. Like, wow. Yeah.
0: So first year competing, how long have you been training prior to that?
1: Uh, just about, I, I mean, I've always worked out, been healthy. You know, um, I did have a fat phase after my third child. I had a hard time getting the weight off. Um, but when I started the bodybuilding journey, I was, you know, pretty slender already. So it wasn't like a huge transformation, but I I had probably been training, um, in the gym for about a year before I decided I wanted to compete.
0: Okay. Okay. So still relative, a relative newbie for the most
1: part. Yeah. yeah. And then we, we trained for about a year before I did my first show. Okay. You know, I had a coach.
0: So the, the, the question, the rapid fire segment that I want to hit here is I'm looking at you at, uh, uh the national show here and then your first competitive season and then coming back and then making the transition after your off season into women's bodybuilding from there. It's that time frame, that space, that gap. I want to dig in and kind of, um, figure out, cause here's, I mean, so you're already competing at a high level. You're, you're doing well in pro shows and then to be able to take it from there and to kick it up a notch to where you are now, like, That's impressive. And that kind of mirrors like what I'm trying to do now, except I have a much more advanced training age because I've already been doing this for 25 years. And so I'm like, okay, how can I put on 15 pounds in an off season and a half or something like that? So let's dig in on this. When you're in the gym, you're focusing more on form, more on weight or equal parts of both.
1: It used to be weight. When I first started, it was just how much weight can I push? How much weight can I move? Because I thought that's how you built muscle. Um, and now my philosophy has changed. I definitely try to push as much weight as I can while maintaining the form. I'm much more intuitive to holding the form and not trying to ego lift and not trying to, you know, um, just for the sake of, of going up another, uh, you know, notch on, on the weights to, I just make sure that my form is really good now. So that required me to lower the weight. And sometimes, you know, it's hard to do because you think you're not being, uh, you're not progressing or you're not doing as much as you can, but I, I definitely have a more mind muscle connection than I ever used to. I understand that now, whereas I didn't at the beginning. Um, I had a hard time. No
0: ego, writing
1: that down. No okay. ego. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, for example, I think if I scroll way down on my IG page, I have a post of me doing leg presses, and I, you know, I had like all the weights on the first run, and then I had some on the second, and I thought that I was really you know, some
0: some jackass sitting on top of the leg press too, probably. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but then I look at it, and I'm like, I wasn't even you know, breaking parallel with my legs. I, you yeah. know, I didn't bring my, you know, now I know I need to bring my legs all the way down to my chest. You know, I need to get that full range of motion. It's easy to just kind of barely push the weight. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. But
1: to bring that all the way down, hold it for a second and then push it back up, you know, without that momentum, it's a big difference. So lowering the weight so that you can get the right form and, and you know, get the full, you know, contraction, the full stretch that's now what I focus on. So it's been better for my joints as yeah. I'm getting older and more wear and tear on my body, um, but I'm Tell still growing. So it just shows you it's not always about how heavy you lift. We're not power lifters, right? We're right. body so.
0: so So mind-muscle connection, thinking about like execution, I think I would add on to that, like making sure that the right muscles are moving the weight and that you're engaging them correctly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I tend to be really trap-dominant. And, um, for years I was using my traps for everything. I really had to Pretty be calm. conscious. Yeah. And disengage that, you know, in order to work other parts of my back and, and things like that, that I just yeah. wasn't aware of when I first started. You know?
0: If I was in the gym training with Sherry and I'm like, we're, we're trading back and forth. Uh, I do a set, you're doing a set. If I'm watching you and I'm watching your face, while you're doing a set of something, am I going to like, if I really look, am I going to like see the gears turning, like you thinking about engaging stuff or is it kind of automatic you're in the moment or are you like actively thinking about like, get this cue, right. Full range of motion here.
1: Um, Nowadays you won't see a whole lot because I shut my eyes. (laughs) I can focus. um, I get easily distracted by people and things and, that's
0: a great idea because I'm so distracted by people's bad form and stuff. That's one of yeah. my weaknesses in the gym is like, yeah. what is that person over there doing? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: Right. So to, for me personally, to really engage in, in that and think about what I'm doing, I shut my eyes. I mean, I still have ugly face going on because I'm working. Can't help uh, <laughs> Yeah. But um, yeah, that's how I stay focused.
0: I like it. You already talked about volume, how you're doing a little bit lower volume now. So, like two, maybe three working sets of something. And how many exercises on a given day on average?
1: Probably six.
0: Okay. So, still getting a fair bit of volume in there, but you got your warm up sets, et cetera. And um, are you a believer you know, in once back I'm, once I'm
1: warmed off sets? I'm warmed up. Like, you know, if I've already done a lat exercise and i have warmed up, you know, my next exercise it's just going to be those two, you know, working sets. Absolutely. It was before my program programming was like four to five sets, no matter what, regardless, you know,
0: and still Um, six exercises.
1: Yes. Yes. So we're talking like two and a half, three hour training every day.
0: Do you think there's, I mean, clearly like it worked to some level. So you think there's, there is some value in that. It's just maybe that you have, it seems kind of strange to say, but maybe you've outgrown the usefulness of that kind
1: of volume. I, I think so. Yeah. And I just think as you mature, your muscle matures and you get more muscle, it it just doesn't take as much to to build on that and to maintain that as it is when you're first developing.
0: Yeah. And also as, as this, as your brain gets more in queue with engaging stuff, it's like you become more efficient and you can get more work done with less volume.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. so
0: cool um and uh what's your like work rest protocol like are you like three days on one day off or something like that Uh,
1: i used to be three days on one day off um with my prior coach now i do um two days like he has me doing a pull day a push day and then i take a rest then i do legs and then i take a rest and then and back to the push you know that cycle Okay um, so
0: th- 3 day, 3 days on 2 off just non consecutively. Yeah. In yeah. a 5 day rotation.
1: The way he initially set it up. I can't remember. I don't remember how it was initially was, but I I decided that I I really needed that day. I think he had me doing two on one off two on one off but you know the way that rotated sometimes it would be legs and pool day and then off
0: and then, having, you know, having that rest day before and after legs is is yeah. kind of kind of a, a nice little add-on
1: <laughs> yeah so i asked if i could switch it up and do that because i was finding that i was so fatigued the day after doing legs that even if i was doing upper body I, it just i just felt zapped still I, missing I, some I, of the edge yeah and i really didn't feel in the same you know if i had back the day before legs I, you know, I I was just worn out still. So this has really helped to have the day before and after legs off. That's been my focus this season is to try to bring my legs up. And so that has really worked for me.
0: Nice. Nice. Are you a big fan of body work? I am. What do you do specifically?
1: Uh, Well, I have somebody that comes to the house and, you know, he does different stretching maneuvers, you know, the cupping, the scraping. Um, Mm -hmm. And I try to do it, you know, fairly regularly, you know, uh, I see a chiropractor a couple of times a week as well. Uh, that's probably more job related than training. Uh, D- know, being like a dental job. hygienist,
0: being a dental hygienist is very asymmetrical. It
1: is. It is. Cause
0: you're always like, so, you know, turn the same way. Yeah,
1: <laughs> My neck is bent, like, you know, I'm leaning in, you know, and then I want to know like why the right side of my back is always hurting <laughs> I'm constantly, you know, and, and I try to be very um, ergonomic and I, try to sit with my posture upright and I have special glasses that allow me to like look forward while looking down. Mm. So I don't bend my neck and things like that. But it's still, you know, you're you're in a hurry. You're trying to just do your job. You're not thinking about it. So it where it's a lot of wear and tear in my body. My wrists are, you know, um strained a lot just from the constant repetitive motion with my hands. Um, you know, but it is what it is. You know. (laughs) <laughs> the chiropractor keeps me, and you know, being able to do what I do for sure. Nice,
0: nice. I have one uh, one job related question for you, and that is um, on a scale of one to ten, what is the le- level of satisfaction that you get from operating a Cavatron?
1: <laughs> oh, it's probably like you know, especially when somebody really has bad teeth. It's like a ten. It's, it's it's you know I equate it to like if you ever power washed, you know. Something or like vacuuming washing. the
0: dirtiest floor you've ever seen. Yeah,
1: and yeah. you see it all come up. It's the same way with the Cavitron. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I imagine like I I can't deal with that. Like I can't do anything with teeth or anything. Like I have so much respect for you, for dentists, for orthodontists, endodontists, and like spending that much time in anybody's mouth is just like a big nope for me. But then it's like man, I would like the opportunity to do some micro scale pressure washing every day. Like that right. just, that sounds like it's got to be kind of satisfying.
1: Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is.
0: Well, how long have you been it, doing heard...
1: that? Um, I've been a dental hygienist for I think 13 years, Okay, it's my second career life. Um, but, um, no, I enjoy it. I, I, I need a job where I can I'm doing something. You know, I, I could never sit behind a computer all day. I could never sit in a cubicle by myself. I'd probably fall asleep. Um, so it's nice to have, you know, I have a different patient every hour to engage with. And it's the same job per se, but everybody's different. And um, I, I enjoy working with people. So it's it's a good life work balance. I don't have to take any work home after I'm done. I'm done. You know, I don't think about my job on the weekends. I don't you know, stress about it. So it's,
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and plus you get to deal with a, a whole wide range of head cases. Like if I was in your chair, you'd be like, man, this guy is messed up. Holy cow. Like he has got some anxieties that just have no bearing in reality.
1: And that's really common in the dental field. So I'm, I'm accustomed to it and used to it. And I have little tips and tricks on how to deal with people and their, their, you know, uh, issues. It's but,
0: one of those um, tips and trips, tips and tricks Xanax.
1: As for some, it is.
0: No, no, that would be me.
1: But I have to say, it gets really hard when I'm pissed deep in prep. I oh God,
0: control. I can't even imagine. Holy cow!
1: I lose a lot of patience, and I lose a lot of compassion.
0: Pa- patients, patients with a C E, not a T S, correct? Have you ever lost a patient in your chair? No. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna keep no. that streak
1: alive. <laughs> uh, but. Um, it, it, it definitely makes it a little harder when you're on edge like this, you know, you know how yeah. it is when you're yeah. out. Yeah. And people are whining and complaining and I just, you know, I like have no sympathy.
0: You're like <laughs> walk a mile in my shoes. Right. Dude.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like you don't know what it's like to suffer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, this is cool. I got my notes here for the, uh, for the Sherry Priyami cheat codes for growth. So I'm going to work on implementing some of these for myself and see if okay. I can see if I can put on some pounds in the next I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself maybe six months, and then I just need to shut up and, and pick a show and prep for it. So, um, you, at some point,
1: currently trained by yourself. You don't have a training partner.
0: No, no, I haven't had a training partner in years. Um, everyone that I've ever had has either been somebody where I'm teaching them everything as we're doing it, which puts me in work mode because that's what I do all right. day anyway, um, or uh, just a chatterbox.
1: How long have you been competing?
0: Uh, my first show was 2012 and then I took nine years off (laughs) nine years off where I was a full-time coach and still training every day and still like kind of in prep mode, but just not actually getting up on stage for me. Um, I don't really enjoy show day. Show day is something that I have to kind of suffer through for the rest of it. So I would just as soon like spend 16 weeks getting ready, killing myself for this thing. All right, cool. Let's take some photos. All right, cool. Let's go eat. (laughs) like just skip the whole tan. And I'm also an introvert. So like backstage with a whole bunch of people, it's like, eh, I'd rather not. So, um, so I have the perfect job for myself where I just sit at my desk and I work with clients online and there's minimal actual face-to-face interaction with people. So
1: how long have you been a coach? Uh,
0: for 12 years, full-time. Okay. Wow. Good. Point. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, I've been told that uh, there are only a handful of people that actually get to make a living in the bodybuilding industry. And uh, I think outside of, you know, maybe the top two or three Olympia competitors, it's, I think it's all coaches and promoters and that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's not the athletes. <laughs> no,
0: no. So I'm I'm not lucky to be like among those.
1: those yeah. And be able to do well in an industry you love—that's great.
0: Yeah, yeah, and also the the podcast. I mean, this this makes me no money at all, but it's a great opportunity to you know meet people like yourself and get your story, share that with everybody else. So, um, a lot I'll, most of these podcast episodes. You are episode number two hundred and thirty three, I think. Okay. Um, most of those have just been me rambling into a microphone for 40 to 60 minutes straight by myself. I do like, I do prefer interviewing people. It's just kind of hard to schedule people and, you know, make them yeah. get, get them to commit to come on. So thank you very much. Yeah,
1: well, no, it's not. Like if, I told you when you asked me, I mean, I, I just really always take the opportunity to, you know, try to promote the sport, try to promote women's bodybuilding, you know, for sure, because we're always sort of on the brink of our division, um, you know, it's no longer at the Arnold and things like that. So, um, you know, I, I think that it helps people to be able to connect to the athletes when they hear their story or learn a little bit about themselves. And if that encourages somebody maybe to take up the sport, you know, it's always worth Putting yourself out there for. So.
0: We we need more because at, at the local NPC shows, I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee, and the local Knox Classic show that was five weeks ago, um, there was nobody in women's bodybuilding. There was one women's physique competitor and she had one leg. Um, and she, she was in a one-legged ass kicking contest because you could have, you could have had a whole stacked field up there and she probably would have won anyway. Cause she, she was in great shape. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, there were what, I think five figure competitors in the whole show. And then Two hundred
1: bikini girls, sixty bikini girls. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I mean, we need more representation in women's right. bodybuilding. We need good ambassadors for the division as well, and I put you in that category. Um, you know, people that that work hard and are committed to it and show the good side of it, because I think it also um, it has a reputation of being like, oh, if you are going to do women's bodybuilding, it has to be unhealthy, and right. it's like anything can be, but you can take a healthier approach to anything. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I, I have to say that switching divisions, I'm not doing anything any more risky than I did when I first started out. It, it's, I, it, it, it's a fault. I mean, some women take it to a level that it can be unhealthy. Um, unfortunately, I think that's where the, the downfall of the division went to begin with. You know, women were pushing... And you know the outcomes were, you know, they weren't looking very feminine, and they weren't um, looking very healthy, and nobody really wanted to see that, right? So um, I do think there's a new era in women's bodybuilding happening, uh, and a new look, and a new, um, you know, kind of path that that division's taking. So I hope that it encourages a lot of women to, a lot of the WPD girls could absolutely move up to women's bodybuilding. Um, there's such a fine line right there. You know? There
0: really is. I, I think it's a problem. I think there's, there's a judging problem there where they need to be more clearly defined. Like if I look at you at the Vancouver show here, I'm like, women's physique, no. No. Yeah. No. Like, no. We're, we're on the other side of that line now. And that's great. But I, I want to see more stuff like that where it's very obvious. And right. you know, I would love to see some of the, the really, really big physique women get scored down. Because absolutely. they're in the wrong category, absolutely. And that you know, it's like you know, she's the biggest girl on stage. She got eighth, yeah, because she's in the wrong category.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, and sometimes they do, you know. Um, you know, I know like Mayla, um, She competed at, at one of the shows, and you know, she's great. She was placing really well, and then she got like eleventh, and it was basically a way. And same with Michaela. Michaela, you know, was placing, you know, really well. And all of a sudden she wasn't. And they told her, you know, it's time to move up. You've outgrown this division. And that's what they need to do with more, with more girls because whoever they're letting win or placing high, you know, everyone's trying to get that look. Right. I mean,
0: yeah, the, it, it worked for them. That's the new standard. So that's what we're shooting for. Right. Like, you know, I'm not calling anybody out, but there, I don't remember what the show was recently, but I think it was Emily Schubert competed in women's physique and was clearly a bodybuilder but she won the show
1: emily has the same coach that i used to have Mm -hmm. um and i have you know we have been teammates or or you know the whole these past five years and so i've watched her whole progression and i absolutely agree you know um those are not women's physique legs right no
0: (laughs) no and i mean to be clear the legs haven't been for a while Right. Um, but also like, I don't blame her for that at all. Like that, that's a judging problem.
1: Yeah. But you know, she did the Olympia, um, not, was it last year? That she I think did the so. Olympia? I think so. she came in at the bottom and they told her that it's cause she needed more size. <laughs> so she spent the year off.
0: You gotta be careful who you tell they need more size,
1: <laughs> right? You know, so she, she took all last year off to get bigger. And then, you know, so of course she's not going to jump to women's bodybuilding. She thinks she needs to get bigger for women's physique. Yeah. And then she plays second, you know, to Natalia in two shows. So I, you know, I I do think that she needs to bring her upper body up to be more women's bodybuilding. She needs a bigger back and, and bigger arms, you know, in, in relation to her legs. But she does not have a what should be a woman's physique look. I mean, that's not
0: that's no. bodybuilding. Yeah. And I remember I had this conversation on the podcast uh, by myself last year, um, after the Olympia and just looking at the size of some of the physique competitors, I'm like, geez, Louise, like, where are we taking this category? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. and you look, you look back at like, you know, Juliana in the, the first, uh, uh, the first few years of like the physique Olympia and you look at her now and would be like, she would be a, did not place at this point. And I get that everything evolves over time, but like, man, that has things developed quickly.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like you said, that's a, that's a judging issue. They really need to be more, um, you know, strict about the criteria, the same thing with the conditioning, which blows my mind. Like I said, when they, in 2019, when I didn't come in conditioned it's because they said, it, it should be a softer, you know, you should still have separation. You should still, um, you know, be muscular, but th- there should not be graininess, hardness, striations, but who's winning all the girls with the striated glutes and Zeke. Yeah. Physique, you yeah. Know?
0: So you're rewarding the people that ignore that completely. Just be like, right. all right, cool. I'm going to come in, peel to the bone. Oh, I won. Cool.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes, I mean, I feel bad for coaches because how do you, how do you know, what the look is for that year right i mean they're constantly i I
0: tell you what you do you grab a pair of six-sided die and you roll them and (laughs) for the best cross your fingers and pray and i tell you what it's no different in bikini really um i had uh, one client who's a an ocb pro and uh, she did a, a couple of shows um and at one of them the feedback that she got from the judging panel was you need to come in five pounds leaner or you're five pounds too lean like from the same panel of the same show. Like, and
1: how, you know, what do you do with I'm that? Right. And five pounds there. Right? Yeah. Pounds yeah
0: like, should I just amputate below the knee on one leg or what? That'll drop me five pounds, maybe seven even. It's like, yeah. what do you do with that? And she asked me, she's like, what do you make of this? I'm like, I make of this like, we're going to make you happy with your physique. And eventually right. there's going to be a judging panel that agrees with this. Right. And I, because y- you are in your skin, Three hundred and sixty-four days, twenty-three hours, and forty-five minutes out of the year, and the judges care for fifteen of those minutes. Like exactly. you know, who who want to make, make happy? Me,
1: How big you going to get? How big you going to get? You know, you are going to grow and be, you know, two hundred pounds in your off season, and I am like, no, like I don't want to <laughs> walk around two hundred pounds in my off season. Like I don't think I can get up the flight of stairs at two hundred pounds. You know. Um, I have to do what's comfortable for me on a day-to-day basis, you know, Mm -hmm. and if, you know, if the judges like it, great, and if they don't, then, you know, eventually, I guess I'll just stop competing if it gets to the point where, you know, you're not doing well at it, but I'm not going to become something that I don't find comfortable living with every day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there's a level of curiosity. Like people kind of want to know what your motivations are. Like, are you doing this because you want to win shows or are you doing this because you just want to be as big as you possibly can?
1: I don't think everybody's motivation is different. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, I like show day. I like competing.
0: You're a weirdo. Um,
1: I think it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for the most part, I do it. I do it. You know, I, I, anything that I do, I do hundred percent no matter what. So, I mean, I I want to win always. I want to win shows, but I do it more. I think, um, for me, it just keeps me accountable. Keeps me. I think if I just trained and never competed, I might grow bored a little bit with it. Um, I like having something to look forward to the anticipation, you know, I like the progress. I like to be able to, and even when I'm done competing, I told my boyfriend this, I said, I'm still going to like cut and, you know, and and go through those phases for vacations or photo shoots or whatever. I'm not going to just stay off season big forever. Um, I want to cycle and see, you know, what it is that developed and how things look. And, um, I think that's the fun part for me. It's the, it's disclosing what you worked hard on to see the changes and the differences. Yeah. You have to get dieted down that far to tell it's like, well, shit, I might as well do a show then. (laughs) (laughs) Might
0: might as well. Well, and that's, that's a big, a big part of it too, I think is, um, I don't think anybody really does well in bodybuilding that does, that doesn't have some trace of like an addictive personality. And just the fact that you're saying like, you know, Oh yeah, I'd keep doing this, this dietary cycling, et cetera. Even after I was done competing, I'm like, that's a freak show thing to say. Like that's what most people are looking to leave behind once they're done with, with competing. So, I mean, that kind of shows like how you're wired and also I would say why you're successful at it too.
1: I do think that in order to be a successful bodybuilder, you have to have a, a, a level of craziness, for sure.
0: 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and the more crazy you are, oftentimes, the better you'll do.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not for the faint of heart, that's for sure. And, um, and I completely understand why majority of people couldn't and wouldn't want to do it. It's not, it's not mainstream for a reason. Um, but, you know, they'll never know that satisfaction either. The satisfaction of knowing what you can put your body through. The satisfaction of knowing how hard you can push yourself. Um,
0: and how ridiculously you looked once you got there, too.
1: Right? I mean, yeah. you know, I look like a cartoon character, like a, yeah, like a cartoon character when I go to step on stage. It's fascinating. The whole process is fascinating to me mm-hmm. um, to just watch your body change and the things that happen and how all these small little grams of carbs can instantly, you know, make you look better and different and, or a little more or less the- water. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's just, it, I, the whole process of it I I enjoy. So I don't know. I don't know how long I'll do it. I don't, I don't know how long, you know, I'll my body will let me do it, but as long as I'm having fun, I'm just going to keep at it and see how it goes.
0: No plans on rising Phoenix or Olympia being your
1: last shows. (laughs) No, No, I do. (laughs) I, I, no, I do plan on, I shouldn't say it out loud yet. Cause you, know, you never know how
0: great. I mean, turn up your microphone, <laughs> turn up your headphones, everybody Listen in.
1: I mean, if I place top three at the Olympia this year, you better believe I'm doing the Olympia next year. But, um, if I don't right now, my plans are to take all of next year off and just train. I do want to really bring my legs up more. Um, I, my son is graduating high school. So I want to spend some time with him this year. I want to take him on a cruise, uh, you know, and, uh, next spring and just enjoy life with him until, he, you know, before he goes off to college. And, um, and just like, you know, this has been a long year for me to prep for a show in April and then turn around and prep for these two shows at the end of the year. I've never done that before. So I just feel like I've been a, a perpetual prep all year.
0: It does make for a long calendar year, yeah.
1: It does. So I just, it's not that I think I need a break mentally or physically from it all. I just think I I, I want to enjoy my life a little bit. So um, I think like, that's fair and reasonable. Yeah. So I do plan <laughs> on being back on stage in
0: 2025. Nice. Wow. 25. Know, right? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wow, that's like a Blade Runner year or something, isn't it? Like okay. that seems like so far off in the future.
1: <laughs> I know. I know. When I see it, I'm like, what? And then it really is hard to take a year off. You know, when I took the year off um, before, you know, sit and watch everybody go on to the shows and, you know, you, you get that like, oh, you know, I'm missing out.
0: I even felt that a little bit in, in 2020 leading into 2021. And that's why I came back. I'm like, okay, I do kind of miss it a little bit. And now it's like, I, I did my show. I'm like, all right, I'm good for a bit, but I kind of right. feel a little bit of the itch right now. My current coach is kind of like, you know, you should think about a show. What are you thinking next year? What are we going to do? So I'm like, all right, I'll think about this.
1: Yeah, you know, it just, you just have to kind of play it by ear sometimes and see how your life is going, too, you know? I mean, prep takes everything out of you, and it takes all of your attention. So I don't think, I don't think a lot of people realize, in order to do well, what that entails. And you have to be in a space where you can commit full full force to that. So, um, you know, like I said, I've got too much going on with my son this coming year that I, I want to focus on. So,
0: Yeah, that's you know. a smart move. I mean, my, my wife is a teacher, so she takes, she has summers off. And so that's kind of like, Hey, if we're going to go on a vacation somewhere, we should do that. And so I'm like, all right. So summer is not going to be competing time. Um, yeah. just because, you know, I'm not going to take a trip and try to stay in prep through that. I could, but oh. it's like, I'd rather enjoy the trip. It, it's right. kind of like an either or situation.
1: Yeah. That's how I feel too. I would never take a vacation where I couldn't eat and drink and enjoy myself. You
0: know? I know. Right. <laughs> Um, um, how can people find you online, Sherry?
1: Uh, they can go to my uh, Instagram. It's priyami underscore IFBB pro. Uh, that's really the main place. I do have a Facebook page, but I try to keep that a little bit more uh, family oriented and I don't go on there as much It's more for my kids school and stuff. So finding me on IG. Is... Not on, not on the TikToks. I don't do the TikTok. <laughs> no, I don't have a YouTube channel. I wish I did but I don't have time for that. You know? no. I mean, um, as,
0: as you can see in the, in the background here, uh, that's my, uh, additional, my B camera back there. So I have started a videography business just as kind of a side hustle, just cause I enjoy doing it. Um, okay. and, uh, I gotta tell you like managing a YouTube channel is so much fucking work. Oh my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, because not only is it filming it right, then you gotta edit it and you gotta, you know, yeah. Really under- so I mean I could never do that on my own. I would literally have to hire a camera person to follow me around and that
0: that's that's who I am. That you would hire me. So um so unfortunately you'd have to pay to fly me down there and all that too, and it gets prohibitively expensive really fast. So those yeah. kind of jobs are not not super common. <laughs>
1: Well, I, you know, if this sport paid us more, maybe I could afford to do that. But you I know, know right? All, all the funds I have just go to just being able to compete. <laughs> just,
0: so, just sign that check straight over to Publix or whatever.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and I have kids that I'm still trying to raise, and like I said, a full time job, and maybe people would be interested in seeing how that all plays in with my bodybuilding, but it, you know, that would be very intrusive to their lives and to, you know, everything
0: Yeah. I, t- I tell you what, there's, there's never a lack of appetite for, for training footage. Um, I mean, people will watch that stuff just on a loop on a playlist on YouTube all day long, like top level pros training footage. I mean, yeah. Especially if you're like mic'd up and talking a little bit between the sets, like that stuff is gold. It sells itself.
1: So my boyfriend is really good with recording me and training and, things like that, or, you know, or posing. Um, so I'll put some of that on my, uh, IG. I do have an OnlyFans account. Um, but it's really mainly training. It's not, I don't do nudity there. There are some more risque photos, um, that I will post that I would not put on IG. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, you know, no nudity. It's mainly training and it's mainly what people want to see. They want to hear me grunting. They want to see me sweating. They want to see me working. There um, you go. So, you know, if you want to see that, then you can pay for that. So,
0: <laughs> that, I, that is a marketing champions attitude right there.
1: I don't put that on IG very much. And you know, I, one of the main reasons is because, you know, I also don't, I don't want to listen to people critiquing my, you know, form and this and I like, there's always some troll that's gonna like, you know, say something. So
0: Oh yeah. I mean, I, I don't have a huge following or anything like that, but I've gotten to the point now where I get trolls commenting and like every post is like steroids or it's like where where's your dick? It's so small. I'm like, Oh my god, you people, I just it's a posing video. Can you we please stop acting like we're seven? Yeah. Oh, I get a god. lot
1: of hate on my page, on my IG page, but I just block and delete, block and delete. That's you know, all you can do. I think it's really hard as a, a female bodybuilder. We get a lot of, of insecure men. It's always the men that either don't have a picture posted on their IG or they've got like one picture of their dog and nothing else. They've got 37 followers, but yet they're, you know, going to tell me how horrible and ugly and, you know, Just like, who are you, you know? That's Uh, like
0: the internet troll starter pack right there.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) they are the ones that are in your DMs every day. Hi. Hi. Hello, beautiful. Hello. You know, you don't respond. And then all of a sudden you get, well, you're a bitch and you're you know.
0: Oh, (laughs) I I get those all the time.
1: (laughs) Get a life. Move on, you know? But it just comes <laughs> to putting yourself out there. It's,
0: that, that's the thing. I mean, you're highly visible. Um, you know, you do kind of stand out in a crowd. You know, if somebody sees you at Costco, they've probably never seen anybody like you before. So, yeah, you know, yeah. it kind of comes with the territory of being, you know, different.
1: It does. And, you in, know,
0: intentionally different also. Yes.
1: And I'm old enough and wise enough to know that, you know, no one's opinion matters except for my own. And so it doesn't, it really doesn't bother me at all. But, um, and
0: whatever they say, it's about them. It's not about you.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, um, so yeah, so just trying to put stuff on on my OnlyFans account and trying to stay relevant somewhat on IG, like that's a lot of time in itself. I I don't have time for anything else.
0: Especially when you already have a full time
1: job. Yes. (laughs) You know, and if, if I had a way that, you know, I maybe was training at the gym and and could have people come in and film me, you know, maybe my job was different, you know, that would be feasible, but it's not. So we, we deal with the hand we're dealt. Yes. (laughs) It's fine.
0: Well, I would say you've been dealt a good hand and you've done good things with it. So um, thank you very much for taking the time. This ran way longer than I expected it to, but we just (laughs) kind of, we got, we got it. So no, it's all. That's, that's perfect. That's perfect. So um, stick around for a second. I'm going to say farewell to the audience. Thanks for listening. And thank you, Sherry.
1: Thank you, I appreciate your time.